thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Parker Thompson is with us here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. I'm going to nip down to Andrew Marriott before we go back to Green. Uh, Andrew has moved to the pit in end of things. Good afternoon, Andrew again. Yeah, and I found the 2015-2016 overall champion of this series, of course, Carl Barbosa from Portugal, now living in Florida. I hope your house was safe. Yeah, we, we got really lucky. Um, for, uh, fortunately, the East Coast didn't get hit as hard as the West Coast. But uh, definitely everybody's on our thoughts and prayers, uh, what they went through on the West Coast of Florida. Your pit stop, uh, you just had a pit stop there. I think you just uh, put fuel in. Yeah, that's the plan, to keep the car uh, full and use these um, opportunities to, to get the car going and be in the best position possible. It's, uh, it's a long race, so we just need to uh, keep doing what we're doing. So far, the car's running really good. Everybody's doing a great job, so still eight hours to go. That's a long way. Yeah, I got a couple of young guys with you, probably old enough to be their father, but uh, you can teach them a lot. Not probably. I, I, I definitely am. You know, but uh, you know, it's uh, they're great kids. They have a really, really good uh, head on their shoulders. They're very mature for their age, and they're obviously very quick. So that's uh, that's a great uh, mix there. And Sean Creech put a great team together here. Absolutely. I, I mean, they guys have been doing a, such a good job. The car is always fast, and it's very reliable. They put a lot of work on the shop, make sure everybody everybody's happy and everybody is doing their job and the car runs strong. So, so far it's uh, it's proving that they're doing a great job. Everybody's uh, excited. Um, and I think we have the speed to, to go for the wins. Uh, but like I said, anything can happen. You see how crazy it is out there with traffic and uh, what's going on with the DPIs, GTs. And uh, so it's gonna be an interesting race all the way to the end. Obligate. Thank you. Andrew down in the pit lane with Joao Barbosa. Welcome back, Nick Damon, to the pit lane. He's at the pit out end of things. Now, uh, that yellow, I said it was going to go on a little bit. And in fact, it went on long enough, Nick, to be upgraded from what was called a short yellow to a standard yellow. So we've had the pits open for prototypes and GT cars. Who yeah. have you seen at your end? Well, effectively, everyone has now come in in those two stops. They've all decided to take the chance to top up fuel. The most recent one was Cadillac, and they... Uh, they hopped over the wall with the uh, with the fuel, and then a little man came out with a tiny little piece of uh, number three Corvette racing. Sorry, I meant to say Carl the Cadillac, the three Corvette racing. Man came with a tiny little piece of cloth and just cleaned off the rear view camera. It was quite sweet, really. Um, <laughs> mirrors, mirrors just not good enough nowadays. So that's you can imagine going home to your mum and saying, "What do you do, son? I clean the rear view camera." I'm sure he has more jobs Probably than yes, that. Probably, yes, yeah. It is quite a sophisticated system uh, on that because uh, it has big red arrows to tell you where. Uh, the cars are coming and how big the arrows are is how close they are. It's very, very impressive. Taking some road car tech, street car tech, you know, those uh, sort of radar uh, mirrors that you get that bleep when you've got a car alongside you. Taking that kind of, of tech and putting it into a race car uh, scenario. Also, it auto dims in the night time as well. That came out of their Le Mans experience. Uh, Ian James into the pits with the Heart of Racing. Aston Martin, we're just doing the uh, wave buys 
now before we go back to Green Parker Thompson still with us uh, in the the booth here. So you, I, I'm not letting you get away with this because you said this is this is your goal. So IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. That's that's where you want to be, is it? Where I want to be. Yeah. Definite. Definite. Those single seat Formula cars. I mean, you know, you might. George Russell didn't get through into Q3 today, so obviously his his uh, his career is over. So <laughs> unless you get uh, according to the F1 press, it will be probably unless you get a call from uh, from AMG Mercedes. You know, Formula cars are done with now. John, I didn't spend the last three years busting my butt to learn how to drive a GT fast just to go back to the same thing I was doing. So uh, this is where I'm at. You know what? And now, especially that I've uh, I've got the championship in the bag, I've got a bunch of race wins under me. I've learned how to drive a GT is about as fast as uh, anybody can in North America, ready to make the next step. I mean, look, you, you've, you've always had a smile on your face right from when you first started out in, in, uh, in open wheel cars. How big is this championship for you? I mean, you come so close so many times in USF 2000 and, and in Indy Pro 2000 as well. And finally, now you've got that first championship under your belt. Finally. And yeah. it makes it so much easier to go to the other paddock knowing that I have the championship really? it under makes my a belt. It yeah. mentally, I tell you what, last mentally. night was the best sleep I've ever had. Yeah. Really? Yes. But how much pressure did you feel going into yesterday morning? Well, uh, out of the nine hours of sleep I spent in bed, I had under two hours of actual okay. sleep time. So that pretty well explains that. Don't go away. Stay with us. Watch a bit of the action. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll uh, have the benefit of your experience around here as we go back to green with seven hours and 55 minutes to go. And it's Seb Bordet who held on to the lead after all of those uh, pit stops as he heads down towards the first corner. And Elio Castro Neves in behind him in the number 60 cars. They go over the top. Nice jump with the black front and the light-coloured rear down through the S's now for that Chip Ganassi run Cadillac Racing DPI final, 59th and final race for the DPI's. It's the GTPs from next year, and uh, we had all four of the manufacturers with a static display before the start of the race. Three of those manufacturers are testing here on Monday and Tuesday. Porsche on their way to Sebring to test there instead. So Bordet, Castro Neves, Hartley, Pla, Lynn, Westbrook and Jimmy Johnson are your top seven. That's not a bad lineup of drivers, is it? Let's be honest. In the sunshine with uh, almost 20 degree, across, 20 degree Celsius uh, across the board on the track and in the air. 75 Fahrenheit. Here they come around again. Quick lap here. That's why we said in our Porsche keys to the race, no penalties. So easy to go a lap down here. Get the car to the darkness. That's when these cars will be set up to do their best work. Always do your best work in the dark at Sebring and at uh, Petit Le Mans. That's when the race is decided. Certain extent, uh, the Rolex 24 Daytona as well about 13 and a half hours of darkness in that Florida Classic at the end of January. LMP2 battle with uh, Ben Keating and Sebastian Montoya battling at the front of the field. Ben Keating in the orange and purple wins car at turn six and uh, Seb Montoya uh, in 
second place as they go through turn seven in that uh, Evil Knievel I always describe it as. It uh, reminds me of Evil Knievel's race suit when he did the rocket bike jump. That's right, and Montoya Jr. got past uh, uh, Stephen Thomas for second place in the class after the restart, so last time around, and now he's putting the pressure on Ben Keating as well. So he wants to get that Dragon Speed number 81 car into the lead of this race as Dad watches on. Couple of the car next. Couple of penalties. Dennis Anderson, high class racing, ran the red light at the pit exit. That's a big one. That'll lose him a lap, stopping 60 seconds. Uh, for sorry, that's for the 47 car. My apologies. Anderson uh, was in proper fire bottle procedure. That's a drive through. Uh, and the 47 car uh, will be the Roberto Lacorte, Lacorte Chetilar Racing. That's the blue Ferrari. They're back in the pits now for running the light at pit exit. That's a stop plus 60. Both safety related, those, of course. The crackling of the engines on the downshift, cracking through the early afternoon. Still a little bit breezy right behind the cars down into turn one. That's going to affect your braking point, particularly on the DPIs. Take away a little bit of the downforce, which is essential at that part, part of the track. So a little bit squeaky, I would have thought, on the turning for turn one. Here's Bourdais down the back straight. We'll go to driver's left, pulls out very, very late indeed. And I think Keating let him go there. That was a lift early from Ben Keating. Realises that's not the fight he's in. Two and a half hours, by the way, for all drivers. Their minimum drive time, except in the DPI category. Bit of damage on the right front. Oh, and off for the AWA car. Now, running with his hazard flashes on, on the back straight. Seven hours and 50 minutes to go. Can't see any damage on it at the moment. Now, which one is that? Heading back towards us very, very slowly. Chetilar goes through. And the NTE Lamborghini. Now, that is another car that looks to be dead stick, Jeremy. And he might just get it over the top of the brow and be able to coast into the pit lane. Ben Keating then having just given up the lead for PR1 Matheson Motorsport. Let's keep an eye on that. We could be going yellow again if that AWA car doesn't pick up speed. It's Ori Fidani uh, from turn seven. So he was already having a, a problem there. It is the 13. That's the Ori Fidani driven car. He's coasting down the hill, but I don't think he's picking up enough speed here. He's still got the lights on. Nah, he's not going to make it. He's decided. Oh, he sure cut it onto the grass, so he didn't take the apex. Actually, that was quite sensible. Gets a nod of approval for Parker Thompson, who's sitting on my right here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Now, I think there's a little bit of damage on the right rear of that car, now that I've seen it from another angle. And he's made it over the top of the hill. Nicely done, Ori. So he'll get down into the pit lane, the yellow and black car. We've stayed green. Well done to race control as well. Keeping an eye on that. Didn't just go up with a big yellow flag button. He's lost his rear deck. That's what's happened to that car. I can see the two rear wheels. I shouldn't be able to see the Michelin tyres. Is there something missing from there? Or is that... No, he's all right. Well, he seems to have power now, but he's coming to the pit stop. 
Let's go down to uh, Andrew Marriott, who's been patiently waiting. Where are you? You're in the pit out, uh, Andrew. Uh, what's going on down your end of things? Yeah, well, I'm with the wins of PR Matheson team with uh, Mikko Jensen, former LMP3 champion in the European Le Mans series uh, a couple of years ago, Mikael, but really enjoying your season over here. You've had some great runs with the car. Yeah, IMSA is a great championship. Uh, running in these amazing circuits, it's very different to what I'm used to in Europe, so it's just amazing. This, this race provides a lot of action. You have a 1 minute 10 lap time for plus 40 cars, so it's a big traffic jam out there, and I really enjoy it. Of course, uh, Ben Keating always does a good job, doesn't he? Amazing for a guy that owns about 200 dealerships. Yeah, you can always trust in Ben Keating. We put him in a car, he always does the job. He hands it over basically in, in P1 every time, and then we just have to do the finish. So, uh, yeah, big thanks to Ben, and uh, we're, really, we're really happy about his, his skill behind the wheel. And what about next season? Uh, it's not sure yet. I hope to, to do another season in IMSA. We have to see. I'm quite busy with my, my program in Europe with Peugeot and the WC. Uh, but I hope to return next year. High class racing. That's the 20 of Dez, uh, Anson, Anders, Fjordback and Fabio Scher. Well, unfortunately, they've done a, another drive-through. So they've uh, fallen foul of another rule at some point. As the uh, LMP3, which was causing all those problems, the... Uh, the bright yellow number 13 is up and going again. And from my long distance view, they just seem to lift up the rear deck, adjust a few things, and it's got going again. My guess is I think it always had some power, John, but I think it was like stuck either in a, uh, a limp home mode or in first gear. So they've obviously managed to do something to solve either of those two problems. They've sent him again, and I think uh, for that has had a control or delete or a big knock now, with a hammer. I realise what it is now. I thought he had his four-way flashes on. It was the pit lane speed limiter. <laughs> That's what it was. Did you say there was a number 20 that came through the pit lane? Yeah, the number 20. Yes, that was for blowing the... Uh, uh, no, that was for... What did I say that was? For improper pit lane um, procedure, that was. Uh, it was the 47 that needs to uh, come in and to do the stop at 60, which I think it has done now as well. Service XM 207, FM 98.1, Radio World Atlanta, and, of course, around the world on RS2, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. It seems like two minutes ago, of course it wasn't, when the Cottingham and Alta Acura number 10, Jeremy, was in danger of going a lap down and Shank Racing were leading the race. They lost the, the race lead to Earl Bamber and then Earl Bamber started chasing down the number 10. Here we are, barely two hours uh, on from that and Brendan Hartley is hunting down Elio Castro Neves in the battle for second position in the race and the battle for the championship for 2022. Yeah, fascinating, isn't it? And just amazing. That's one of the great things about this race, how quickly things can change. Uh, you're looking to... Oops, yikes, a defensive line there uh, from Oli Pla trying to keep Richard Westbrook behind him in number five car and uh, West is going to dive down the inside and make that pass at turn seven great move there by Richard Westbrook so up in to uh, the fifth uh, fourth position then for Westy who uh, who actually got past uh, Alex Lynn on the previous lap or oh, a couple of laps ago as well so uh, Richard Westbrook is on the charge in at number five Mustang sampling Cadillac at IMSA Radio if you'd like to get in touch with us here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast booth um, Wicker Bill one for you, Parker, or at least to you. Great run for Parker Thompson in Porsche Cup this year, given how competitive the series is. Several drivers in there I thought could win it. Porsche Cup, incredibly competitive worldwide. Germany, Super Cup, F1 support, of course, GP, and in the 
US, amazing depth of talent. And one of the good things about that is that you can almost be judged against everybody else because you're all using the same equipment. And that's been the same for years in Porsche Carrera Cup. So to have that in the US now, it's really important for a young driver, and you are still a young driver, just 24 years old, a young driver making a career, carving a career, writing out a CV in the endurance racing world. 100%, John. And, and honestly, if you look at the foundation of the platform of how little we can change the cars, I mean, somebody made a comment yesterday that our cars were bouncing a lot through turn three and that we should uh, we should soften up the dampening. And, and all I've got is really to fix that bars. Uh, then we've got cambers, toes. You can look at some wing change and ride height change. And apart from that, the tire pressure is probably the most effective change on the car with those Michelin wow. tires. Yeah. So. It really puts the hands of the drivers, um, you know, changing the bias throughout the race. That's our biggest tool. So it is truly a driver's championship. Parker Thompson with us in the booth, the 2022 Porsche Carrera Cup champion for the IMSA series. Let's head down to another man with, uh, who's been around the IMSA championship for a very long time. Not Andrew Murray, it's Dirk Muller. Yeah, I'm with Dirk Muller here, just uh, confirming with uh, Stephen McAleer at the moment because Dirk's just arrived in the pits. Can I dive in? Dirk, great to see you back uh, racing at IMSA, of course. Uh, ten years a factory driver, BMW with M4 and at Ford. You had that great win at Le Mans when the Ford GT debuted. That must have been the best moment of your career. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. That was definitely a very, very good day. Um, 16, I will never forget. 19th of June, uh, 2016, that's for sure. No, that was a big win in Le Mans. But you know what? The eyes are on the prize here. And um, so we want to we wanna achieve something really strong and good. Um, we want to, especially I want to, you know, help the team. Is it, uh, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a new team, really, at this level. But they're doing such a great job with the Mercedes. Exactly. Team Court of Motorsport has his first year and um, they're right in the mix. Steven and the team, they can uh, become champion at the end of the race. And obviously that's our biggest goal. And um, so far, so good. Fingers crossed. Um, I'm going next in the car. Uh, Steven did a, did a good job in the beginning, staying out of trouble. Mike is now in the car and um, yeah, then, then I'm going in. Well, you're doing a lot of work with Multimatic, I believe. <laughs> yeah. He's doing driver training and all sorts of things. I think about. Let's turn to Stephen McAleer here. People forget you're a Glaswegian. You're going to knock me. No, no. It's, uh, you know, we're excited here. It's, uh, I get a drive-through penalty for passing on the restart. I mean, it, it, it was close. I had the, uh, the GTD Pro Aston Martin run into the back of me and kind of pushed me by the Friday. So, um, early stages, car's actually quite good. We were a little concerned that it wasn't going to be. Um, so I think we have some good pace. And, you know, this, uh, as it gets dark, this race is going to get much harder. So our goal is just to run around. And, uh, you know, we're hoping to run in a good spot right now. We'll see what we can. Uh, we'll figure out the last hour or so. Stephen, thanks very much. Came over here because he couldn't make his motor racing career work in the UK and has done a brilliant job. Yeah, uh, was working stacking shelves in between winning uh, championships over here and uh, getting scholarship money. Uh, I think we worked out it was um, <laughs> that we first had him on Midway Motorsport when he was doing that and probably driving as well as he ever has done now and on his 
Now we're on with a chance of a championship uh, this year. Parker Thompson with us in the Hackney Global Broadcast uh, Centre here. Just a, a quick thought uh, for you before I let you go and, and do some do some glad handing and some socialising and just you know take the adoration of the crowd. Just have Brian Till from NBC in here to to congratulate you. We're all very happy for you. We really are, Parker. Um, yeah, I mean that was a really popular victory. It was yeah, exactly for that whole team for Parker. He, everybody knows how hard both uh, sides of the operation have worked. You're absolutely right. Um, we had Lauren Heinrich come in, who won the junior category last year and is now uh, on Porsche's books. And, all right, he had more new tyres than the new guys this year, uh, this weekend. My goodness me, he was quick, wasn't he? Was that, was that as impressive as it looked or was there something that we were missing there? Obviously, it's not in the championship, so that the, he didn't have any pressure. So here's what I'll say is impressive, is for him to come in and learn ABS as quick as he did, I think is quite impressive, because it took me quite a long time to move from a non-BS car, ABS car, to an ABS car. Um, but, I mean, he is a Porsche junior. He is one of the fastest cup drivers in the world. I expected him to be right at the front. I was fairly happy that I beat him in practice one, because we were on about the same tires, and realistically, I was here during his two-day test. I was coaching another group. Right. I timed almost every lap he did. I knew how fast <laughs> he was going to be. Um, so I was pretty proud of myself to go out in first practice one and, and put it to him. Um, he got great. What he did an amazing job of is he got space in qualifying. He used one set, and he put it together and put it on pole. Yeah. I had the laps. I mean, you guys can go look. Yeah. The sectors was right there. It's just I kept hitting traffic, and I think a number of guys kept hitting traffic yeah. in our qualifying. Um, so the outright pace I don't think was going to be the difference of three to five tenths. I think in qualifying, at most, I was a tenth off. At best, I was probably right there for pole. The racing stuff... I'm going to say I'll give myself the driving excuse if I was fighting for a championship and nice. he had nothing to lose. Absolutely. Nice. Very good. So, yes, it was fast. I think he. Uh, there's stuff I can look at next year for tire prep in the races that I learned a little bit from him. Um, but all in all, I'm pretty happy with how I stacked up. And that second race yesterday, you were running second uh, in the early stages. Riley Dickinson was right behind you. How difficult was it to let him, let him pass? Well, Jeremy, the whole concept of race two yesterday was I had to get fastest lap, yep. and then it didn't matter where Kai finished. As long as I finished in second, I won the championship. So the first five laps, I drove as absolutely fast as I ever could have. Yep. <laughs> and, and did achieve that. And yes. we got the fastest lap. Yep. So um, with that being said, uh, as soon as they told me Kai was dropping back, I didn't believe them, because uh, yeah. <laughs> you don't. That's just racing. Um, but once they said, do not battle, you know, don't put it off. All we have to do is finish, uh, I blinkered Riley by, let him go, and then um, it was the hardest 30 minutes of my life just to keep yeah. the car on the track for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the con keeping that concentration in the closing stages when you're, you're on cruise mode in terms of the actual driving, how hard you're driving. Well, and they told me I wasn't allowed to hit any curbs, and if you haven't noticed around Road Atlanta... <laughs> that's that's going to affect your lap time, isn't well, it? Well, there's a lot of curbs. Yeah. Uh, Parker, well done. Uh, good luck with uh, the career going forward. I'll shake your hand uh, and enjoyed your company last night at the uh, the Night of Champions, and uh, you, all of you, fought the front of the field have given Jeremy and I and uh, Jeremy and me and, and all of the viewers and listeners around the world great entertainment. Whatever you do, take the same attitude into it because it'll stand you in good stead. Well done, fella. John, Jeremy, can't thank you enough for getting me up here and everybody a part of the uh, Haggerty Global Broadcast booth. You guys do an awesome job and we hope to see you next year at Daytona.
That's the uh, new for 2022 Porsche Carrera Cup champion here at IMSA. The series presented by Visit Cayman Islands. Oh, that means you've got the holiday as well, haven't you? I forgot all about that. So he's going to Grand Cayman for a little while as well. And that's Parker Thompson, JDX Racing. At the front of the field, starting to get interesting again with this little battle between Elio Castro Neves and Brendan Hartley. Now, we've still got seven and a half hours to go, so this is not necessarily championship defining, but we've got to keep an eye on this because whilst the number 60 Maya Shank Racing Acura is ahead of the number 10 and they're both in the, the top five, then they're winning the championship. Brendan Hartley obviously knows this. That gap is fluctuating between three, four tenths and a, and a second, and that's all traffic dependent. Yeah, and for Brendan Hartley, he's not going to go for some bold pass here uh, just for position you know, in our, whatever we are of the race, two, uh, our two of the race, whatever it is. Um, he's, uh, he's just going to, he's just there as a filler. Basically, you, have, you, you need three drivers in this race. Uh, he just wants to bring that car back as close to the number ten, uh, 60 car as he can uh, and then carry on from there. For Elio Castroneves, same sort of thing. He's not going to put him, himself at risk, he himself or the car at risk in that second position. He'd be super happy to maintain second place. And both of them at this stage in the game, that is, uh, that's all they're looking to do. So, the other categories, let's do a, a quick rundown of VP Racing Fuel's in-race update. Well, just, having said that, uh, Castroneves is losing a lot of time. He, he did a 17, okay, the, the race leader there, Sebastian, put in a nice clear lap on that last lap, but he pulled out five seconds on hit, on uh, yeah. on the second-place car of Castroneves. All of a sudden, the second-place car is 17 seconds uh, off the lead at the moment, so they won't want to be hemorrhaging too much time. No, indeed so. So Cadillac 0-1 by nearly 20 seconds from Elio Castro Neves, who's now 2.6 seconds in that number 60 ahead of the black and blue number 10. That's the championship battle of Cunningham and Alta Acura. Seb Montoya leading in LMP2 in the 81 Dragon Speed car from Rui Pinto de Andrade. In Tower Motorsports number 8, the Tangerine and black car. Stephen Thomas in the number 11 PR1 Matheson Motorsport in third position. Those three separated by just under 20 seconds. Colin Brown for Court Autosport, 20 seconds to the good on Jared Andretti. I think it's been in since the start of the race in that number 36 car. That's the black and white car with the little green pinstripes. Nino Pino for Sean Creech Motorsport, the number 33 car, is in third position there in LMP3 GTD. In fact, the best of all of the GTs at the moment is Paul Miller Racing in the number one Motul BMW. Ricky Hansen in that car is ahead of Kyle Kirkwood in the leading GTD Pro Vassa Sullivan at Lexus, the number 14 car. Then it's Mike Dannon in the Turner Motorsports Rick Molly 96 car. Marvin Deanst for Windward Racing in the 57, the blue and silver GTD car is fourth best in the GTDs. Second in the GTD Pros, fifth in that group is Jordan Taylor for Corvette Racing. And they're separated again by uh, around about 20 seconds. Uh, but interesting to see that Paul Miller car ahead yeah. of the, the rest of the, the, the teams. And Madison Snow showed that car had potential. He was uh, right up there, effectively started to pretty much on the front row of the uh, he started on the second row didn't he he was behind the pole sitter 
uh, but ahead of quite a lot of the GTD broadcast. Yeah, that's right. He was only behind Jack Hawksworth and Alex Ruberas in, in qualifying the Aston Martin. And of course, the Lexus that was on pole position. And Carl Kirkwood now at the wheel of that number 14 Lexus. You should have talked about it in second place. Well, first place in the class, second of the GTD cars. Took him a while to find a way past uh, Michael Dynan at the wheel number 96 car. Again, we talked about that a little while ago. They've worked their way from the back of the field to uh, second position in GTD. Really good run in the early stages by that team. Carl Kirkwood and that Lexus team, they... they came into this race realizing that that the, 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 the car is fast tire degradation however for them uh, on a long stint is a factor so Kyle would have been made what wanting to make sure he didn't push that car and the tires on that number 14 car too hard too early in the stint so he's now up into second place uh, of the GTD cars leading in GTD Pro exactly where he needs to be with, the, uh, with Richard Highsender, the number 12, Bassett Sullivan, uh, Lexus, you started the race and then the race sort of stopped, didn't it? It did, it did a little bit, didn't it? We've had a few few cautions. Um, we, uh, we just were, you know, early on just taking care of the car, brakes and that sort of thing and expecting cautions really, just saving fuel. We cycled to the front there, which is nice to do, but early in the race doesn't mean a whole lot. Um, and we're just going to see how it goes. We're hoping we're hoping to get a little bit more competitive um, as the as the sun goes down. Uh, typical trend, as we've noticed, you know. So, so do you feel if it's a straight fight, like another hour to go of the race, do you feel your car currently is uncompetitive then? Well, we're decent. We're decent, but the typical trend is we look sporty in practice. And, and, and guys, uh, let's just say, turn it up a bit in the race. And we're, we're a little slow in the straights. So we're quite competitive from one through five. Um, we're slow in the straights. Um, and uh, yeah, that makes us not the quickest car. And then some, some guys seem to be able to be fast on the straights when they want to be. Um, so it's hard to pass for us. Um, we're, we're solid. Uh, but we're not the quickest car, and we're not, and we're not the cleverest with those the sort of things I'm talking about. So that that doesn't mean that we don't have a chance because we have a great uh, pit crew. We have guys capable of uh, of calling really good strategy, and we obviously you need a bit of luck. You need things to fall your way. So we we know we'll be more competitive at night. Probably take a little bit a wing out, and that that won't make us. That we'll still be slow in the straight, but that'll narrow the gap a bit. Hopefully it comes to us, and hopefully we make the right calls at the right time, and we might have a shot. Richard, thanks a lot. Cheers. Very interesting insight from yeah. Nick Damon down in the pit lane. Andrew is down with him there as well. We'll go back to those guys in a little while. Another half an hour of racing has ticked over, and here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast booth, delighted to say that Andrew Davis has joined us. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, first of all, beautiful day. All the doom oh, yeah. mongers have been proved wrong, and anybody who, who didn't come um, will be uh, missing that. And what a cracking race we're having. Wow, this is great. You know, I mean, this this race, I've been here since the very beginning. So the first one, I was, uh, was here as a, as a young racer, but just a spectator. I've run the race 13 times myself. 
Um, and just to see this crowd, of course, the weather is beautiful. I called that last Monday, by the way, but not that I knew what I was talking about. But, uh, yeah, I just love to see this crowd and, and the races. Man, it's on. This is great. Stay with us, sir, Andrew. Um, we go to our Andrew as well down in the pit lane. Jan Halen from uh, Porsche from Wright Motorsports with Mr. Marriott. Well, Jan, what an incredible season we've been having here at Wright. Yeah, I mean, so far so good, right? We've had, a, like you said, we have had a, a really good season uh, with, the, with the whole team in GT4 and here in, uh, in WeatherTech. So we're hoping that we can finish it off strong. It's going to be a, a long and a tough day. We're a little bit behind here on points, but uh, we've got the best team to do it with. Yeah, I remember many years ago, Tim Sugden telling me you were the fastest guy he'd ever seen in a car. Well, that's that was like Formula 3000 days. Yeah, I know, that's, uh, that's nice to hear. Uh, that's, uh, that's a long ways back, and uh, it's always nice to, to run into Tim, uh, you know, in the paddock. But, um, yeah, I know, we're just, uh, like, you know, it's um, love coming here to Atlanta. It's the, definitely the toughest race of the season. And, um, yeah, it just... Uh, but, but your career sort of went away, and then you managed to resurrect it. Yeah, there's always been some ups and downs, but found a good home here with uh, Wright Motorsports, and we're on a good roll, and we're going to keep the ball rolling. Excellent. Thanks very much. Thank you. Originally from Belgium, you wouldn't know it now, would you? No, you wouldn't. Absolutely. Career ups and downs. That is the, uh, I mean, that's the, the lot of a, a career racing driver, Andrew. You've, uh, you've done plenty of ups and sometimes a few downs as well. You've got you to roll with the punches, haven't you? Yeah, you have to. Yeah, yeah, and just summed it up really quickly like that. I mean, it's just, you don't know. You have, it's feast or famine sometimes. You'll get hooked up with teams and you'll have long runs and then it'll go dry and you're back on the market. Tell me a little bit about where we are now in the race. What are we, two and a half hours into this race. You know this race very well indeed. Inception McLaren, by the way, just coming into the pit lane. It's the uh, number 70 car. Uh, Brendan Areeb needing to get these two and a half hours in before he can go off to Europe and Barcelona and race there tomorrow. So that is now done. He can get out there. Matt Bell will do uh, plenty of work uh, for the team. Matt Bell originally from Newcastle. That car taking full service. So two and a half hours in. What's good? We've had a, you know, three, four. Uh, yellow flags to break things up, but we're, we're getting a nice little run here. What are the teams thinking? What are the drivers thinking? Where are they in their strategy? They've probably torn up about three pages of strategy already. It, it's, that's true. So you kind of this race is crazy. You know, you get that first hour, the first stint, which is really exciting, and it almost feels like a sprint race at first. But then into that second and third hour now, this is settle in time, right? Everybody realizes that this race is not going to be won now, but it can be lost now. So we got to get into the dark. So the drivers are all just maintaining their, their pace, doing what they're told, trying to stay clean, working the traffic, which is so difficult here. So, yeah, this is now just a, hey, let's just knock out the laps. Now, did you like to start the race, finish the race, get in two hours? I, I always think it's difficult for the guy, who, if you get to a, a big double or maybe a triple stint like, Brendan's doing there. Everybody else is sitting around for two and a half, nearly three hours. That must be pretty tough at the start. It, of the it race. is. It is. I, I'll tell you. I've always liked to start the race. It's just you know you get this anticipation leading up, and there you know whether it's a morning start or an afternoon start for these long races. I like to get in, get stuck in early, do my single or a, a double early, and then be able to get out, kind of see how the race is 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 unfolding and then you get back in and do your job it's great fun to finish too but i i never liked sitting around for four or five hours before i had to get in 
And in, in some of the longer races, of course, we go to Daytona and Sebring, and, and you're allowed even more than three drivers. So I always think it's dangerous to have racing drivers sitting around doing nothing. They can get themselves into trouble. Yes, we can do that. Much like, <laughs> much like children, you don't want to leave us by ourselves for very long because we'll get into trouble. <laughs> uh, leaders uh, will be coming in in the next lap or so. So what will be happening now? The guys at the front of the field, Seb Bordier, Elio Castro Neves, Brendan Hartley, Richard Westbrook, Alex Lynn, Oli Pla, Jimmy Johnson. They're all pretty much on the same strategy at the moment. So will they have been talking to their teams? The teams will be counting them down, looking at the fuel numbers. How does it work? How does the information flow work between the driver and the pit wall? Yeah, there's a lot of information going on. And yes, we're sometimes we're running to a fuel number to try and stretch out the stint. Uh, you know, you're gonna have your strategist and your crew, crew chief talking to you and letting you know how many laps are down or are coming up before the pit so we can prepare ourselves for the driver change, whether you're getting a driver change, whether whether, you know, you're staying in again, maybe asking you about tire life and how the car feels. Not sure there's going to be a lot of double stinting tires here for no. this particular race, but uh, sometimes that comes into play. So you're going to give the information. Also, if you're the driver getting out, you're going to give a little information to give your teammate, let them know what's going on with maybe brake bias percentage uh, and just how the balance of the car is so they can be more prepared. Uh, Brendan Areep has just done his two and a half hours minimum drive time. Is that him done now, Andrew? As in comes Jimmy Johnson in the Ally Cadillac. We'll keep an eye on that as you speak to Brendan. Well, Brendan, two and a half hours. Now you're off to the flight. Yeah. I don't want to hold you up, mate. What's that? I don't want to hold you up. No, no. That was the uh, so much fun. That was. This is the best team, best track, best fans out there in the world. This is really one of my favorite tracks. Uh, it's just incredible, incredible experience. I feel so thankful uh, for everybody. Um, and now it's it's up to the uh, the pros to finish it out. So uh, we can only hope for the best. That was a lot of fun. So heading to Barcelona, another McLaren. Heading to Barcelona, another McLaren. Yeah, we're, we're, we have a race in Barcelona uh, in the GT World Challenge. So uh, we're off to do that. And uh, hopefully that can go as well as this. This was just a ton of fun. Uh, really so, enjoyed it. So what's the travel schedule? Are you, are you going in a private jet or are you going... Oh, we figured out a way to, to, to make it happen. So uh, <laughs> it's a little bit of both. Uh, but anyways, it's going to be a lot of fun over there. Great. Well, have a great flight. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, down at the uh, sharp end of the pit lane, we've had a number of... DPI, we've already seen the uh, the leader come in, that was of course the 01 Cadillac, that was a full service with driver change. So we actually saw Scott Dixon getting in and uh, replacing Sebastian Bort. The other two cars that came with the Ally Cadillac and the uh, 60 Acura, they both just did uh, tyres and fuel, and we expect the other DPIs to be in, in the next lap or so. Uh, and out on the circuit, we've got a problem at turn one. That is, is that the wins car? I think it might be. Uh, that is Ben Keating in the number 52 car. Everyone's diving for the pit lane. This is going to be another full course yellow. The yellows are out. Pits are closed. Pits are closed. And that is turn one again that's claimed uh, another victim. And that's a heavy impact at turn one. The car has gone in. It, it looks pretty bad as well because the tyres have all been moved. But they've done their job there, Andrew Davis. And... They've dissipated some of the energy of that uh, of that incident for Ben Keating in that number 52 P.R. Matheson car. 
Yeah, these banded tires are the thing, right? This is what keeps us safe. None of us want to crash. We don't have these big impacts, and that's a high-speed corner, obviously. But with that set of tires, it's banded in the space in between the next wall. You see Ben hopping out. Luckily, you know, it's because of these safety uh, the measures that the, t the tracks make. It's old school in some respects, and people around the world will be watching our international TV feed and listening to us here and thinking, Banded tyres, really, can we not do any better than that? But put together properly and in the, the way that we've learned down through the years, they are really very effective, aren't they? They're so effective. I mean, it's the space between, it's the fact that they're all tied together. You can see some of them got knocked around and bounced around a little bit, but all that dissipates the energy from the driver. Right, so sometimes you'll have these big impacts, and I'm not saying they don't hurt and they're not severe, but <laughs> you saw how quickly that Ben hopped out there, and I bet that it wasn't as bad inside the car as it looks right there. Uh, and the other thing is how quickly the AMR, IMSA safety vehicles, both the so Porsche nice. Cayenne intervention and the Chevy safety truck, these guys have been around a very long time. I know they'll be listening on 98.1 or maybe on Sirius XM 207 here at the track. We always hope that they have a very quiet day and basically sit around having a chat, but these guys are some of the best in the business. I'll tell you, I feel so safe racing here at IMSA because of this crowd and these, these, uh, these this crew. They're, the AMR uh, safety team, they know about us, they talk to us. If you've got a problem, whether you're overheated, I was very hot after the VIR Michelin Challenge race, uh, and they, they came and, and helped and talked to me and then one of them came by and talked to me the other day and said hey you look a lot better than you did at VIR the other, the other week so they and know they really and they care they know oh, racing yes. don't they yes actually the the, uh, the doctor that's in charge of the track here um, oh. is actually a neighbor of mine, and he is a huge enthusiast. Well, I think there's been an incident further back up the uh, circuit as well, as there's been a problem down in the pit lane for the number 48 Ally Cadillac as well. Let's go down to Nick Damon, who's got uh, uh, Sebastian Bordet, who came in out of the lead. Fantastic uh, first couple of hours for you, Sebastian, but of course now negated again by another yellow. Yeah, I mean, that's the name of the game, right? We, we all know that. So you got to keep your head cool and, and try and understand, you know, what the car responds to and how it is. It's pretty free right now in the heat of the day. So uh, definitely bodes decent for us uh, at night. I think we probably have a, a fairly balanced car. It's a little dodgy right now. Wears out the rear tires quite a bit. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's all about the end. So Ranger's going to be in charge of that. And uh, he wanted a free car. He's got it. <laughs> Um, it, it, is it, I suppose really you, you built this big lead up, is that, is that pure pace or just better luck or better management of the traffic? Yeah, it's just sheer luck with traffic, honestly. Uh, it just, uh, it all comes down to that. Uh, I, think, uh, I think we're still a, a few tenths off of our sister car on pure pace. I think it kind of shows. Uh, but uh, yeah, overall, uh, I think the Cadillac racing team's done a really good job. We got two fast cars and uh, Hopefully we're in the window when it matters at the end. I mean, how, how helpful are the other cars being? Are you having to you know, really force your way through or, they, or have they now got used to you coming past them? It all depends. I mean, it, you, you can never make a rule out of anything because like you, 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 you get behind someone in a situation is going to respond a certain way, sometimes another way, and then it's the same car, but then it's the different driver in the car. And so you just got to go by feel and what, what kind of signals they, they give you and, and always kind of try and give a little margin Although when you do that, you tend to lose a ton of time. So it's, uh, that's why it takes a few, few stints to kind of get in the groove and, and get the dynamic of the race at any given day, depending on the strengths and the weaknesses of your car. So we're just trying to you know, learn and, and, and kind of fine tune and not take any chances right now. But at the same time, you still have to be aggressive because track position is key. Sebastian, great start for the team. Thank you.
Sebastian Bourdais there. What a great early run for him. The concentration levels, Andrew Davis is, is with us. The concentration levels, Andrew, in a, what have we got here? One, two, three, four class race. All right, well, we could say five because there's GDD and GDD Pro, but effectively those cars are identical. It's the, the drivers that are graded. The concentration that is needed by everyone in those cars, because it's not as if like, oh, well, it's only the guys at the back who are getting past. So no one else have to concentrate, but making the passes in DPI, being in the middle of the field for the two LMP classes, two and three, so you're doing passing and still getting passed by the DPIs, and then the GTDs are getting passed every three or four laps by the DPIs. I mean, when you're driving a, 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 D, a, a, a GTD, it almost feels like you never get a clear lap in the race. Absolutely. It's very, very rare for this race to ever get a clear lap, and, and the concentration levels, they have to be on all the time. Like you say, regardless of the class, you're either passing or being passed, when you're a GTD car, you've got to make sure you recognize, is it a DPI, is it an LMP2, is it an LMP3? Because they come at you in different ways and they want to get by in different ways. And then of course you have your own class racing. It's uh, you know it's it's really a testament to how hard you have to train and how uh, you know, focused you have to be. Andrew Davis in the booth with us here at the Haggerty Global Broadcast Center. Andrew Marriott is down at PR1 Matheson and has this update on Ben Keating. Well, Ben's fine. I was asked about the damage, they said significant. And I think that means that they, they haven't seen the car yet, but they're assuming they're out. Oh, what a shame, been a great uh, season for Ben Keating, uh, both in the uh, WEC, in GT, GT Le Mans as we would call it, GTE is, is that. And that looked like a big incident. Can't, I'm afraid, tell you anything other than it was at Turn 1. At, uh, half to two thirds the way around the corner and we, we can't tell you if there was another car involved at the moment. Second, in, second incident of the week for that number 52 car as well because Scott Huffaker had a, oh, yes. a big off up turn three on FP1 I think wasn't that Thursday, Thursday. Thursday yeah so uh, a lot of damage there, there as well that was just a you know just a simple mistake by Scott unfortunately which had fairly major consequences but now uh, yeah that uh, that's, and, and that is the car that was leading the LMP2 uh, team's points table coming into this final round. So, ouch. Orpens up there. A little bit of an opportunity. Yeah, Cars coming does. in the pits. I will tell you that Orifadani for AWA in the 13 car came in for emergency service. But everybody now uh, coming in from the prototype category, led in by Brendan Hartley, who was leading the category. That's Nick Damon's end of things. Nick, you've got the latest. Yeah, they're all coming down to me. I'm, I'm in the middle of the, uh, the gap between Whelan and Alley. I see the 02 Cadillac come in. Here comes the 31 Whelan. Uh, engineering machine. So far, not seeing any movement on the driver front for any of these teams. It's tyres and fuel for the O2, it's tyres and fuel 31. Looking in a distance that the 60, the 10 was very, very tight on fuel from them, which is not surprising. There goes Mustang sampling car, the number five. Again, tyres only. And at the far end, the 10, which we said was literally running on fumes, as they say, is chuffed a bit. It's got a full slug, and away they go again. But I'm pretty certain that none of those cars change drivers, John. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, an hour and 14 minutes since last in the pits for the number 10 car. Some yellow in that. 44 laps uh, they completed on the last stint. And just watching them going back out. Brendan Hartley, check. 
Richard Westbrook out in, I think, in second position there for JDC Miller in the Mustang sampling number five, the 0-2 of Alex Lynn in third position. That's the car that was started by New Zealander Earl Bamba. Then Alex Lynn for Cadillac Race, uh, excuse me, then Ollie Platt for Wheeland Engineering, the red and white number 31 car. So did Scott Dixon stay out there and try and get a lap back? For the zero one, Jeremy was the zero uh, no, one. No, that, that that had come in just before just the before other. the caution. As did yeah. the number sixty, interestingly, yeah. which has just come back on pit lane just for a splash. He was only in you know, two or three laps ago, but just taken on a splash of fuel. Uh, whereas the, the the zero one car team elected not to do that. Uh, Forty eight had a D bit of a schmuzzle yeah. at the. Uh, this is the Allied Cadillac I'm talking about at its last stop, and yeah. looks like there will be a penalty assessed for that car uh, as once we go back to green won't get that assessed until we go back to green jimmy johnson still in that car but that car well where is it uh, on the circuit i think that has dropped which, off the, the 48 it Allied Cadillac indeed. did drop off the lead it lap, did but you, it didn't come in then with the other leaders no. it was it came into the pits for some either some emergency service or, or just as the yellow came out i caught a quick glimpse of it and they seem to be having trouble and there was an awful lot of people over the wall might even have dropped it down without a wheel on uh, that car but i'm sure we'll get told by race control uh, henrik hedman stayed aboard the 81 reopened to adrade the tower motorsport number eight stephen thomas the other pr1 matheson 11. Uh, core autosport from andretti from sean creech from riley in lmp3 and here come the GT cars, Nick Damon, you've got a few of those at your end Hi, as well. well uh, a hat full, in fact, right at my feet now is the, uh, the 25 car, the, uh, the BMW of Miller Motorsport Racing. I just said the Ally, the Ally uh, Cadillac boys are sitting on a pit wall with, uh, with their, uh, their number board waving, I think, hoping at any chance to see uh, who's going to come in. Just uh, getting out of the... Uh, uh, I called him to Felipe. I said, I thought he didn't, didn't get out of the 25. He just, just had a, a drinks bottle. So whoever's in there has stayed in there. Um, he wasn't suitably booted. Uh, I can see a couple of the Ferraris going past. But interestingly, as a, as a WeatherTech Mercedes um, also had a full service, interestingly... Nick again, gonna come back to me there. Almost a huge incident for Sean Creech Motorsport on the front straight there. So many cars coming down, down to turn at number 12 with double yellows being waved with track vehicles out there. And there's been a couple of close shaves and the Sean Creech 33 very nearly running into the back of one of the trucks on the track. That was so close. I could see it for two or three cars before that happening. And I was sort of holding my breath here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre because we can see straight down uh, to that. And the number 33 car trying to get back around onto the tail. It was Joao Barbosa, a very, very experienced driver. And that Andrew Davis was very close indeed. But there was at least two or three cars before that who were similarly close to those trucks on the track. Yeah, that was pretty scary. I think sometimes maybe uh, you know, folks in general don't realize the difference between uh, the speed of a, a street vehicle and these race cars. So even though we're under yellow here and uh, you know those cars were, were catching up, they weren't full song, luckily, through turn 12. They were way off the pace, but still compared to a, a couple of the safety vehicles that are driving out there, that was, yeah, that's, that's not what we want to see because that's, uh, yeah, that's a bit, a bit uh, sketchy. Yeah. I, I, I fear race control might have to uh, take 
uh, some action there, but we'll leave that to them. Sorry, Nick, I interrupted you there in full Damon floor. Yes. Well, no, and every, every reason too. Yes, yeah, so the main point I'm making is, is that the 48, the Adelaide Cadillac, are still waiting for the car to come round again. Uh, they've been sitting on that pit wall uh, for a good, what, two and a half laps now. Uh, the tyres are there, the uh, guns are there, the man with the wavy numbers there, but uh, no car at the moment. So I assume they're waiting for the, uh, the next lap round, but they didn't take their second chance to come in. Well, this is, he's in now. Um, I, I think they were trying to get a lap back, Jeremy. Uh, uh, Jeremy, Nick, sorry, uh, as he came in. But I also think there's a potential penalty there, so you might want to hang by the team yeah. and find out what was going on at that uh, last stop. They came in for a merge either just before the yellow or for emergency service, and I, I, it must have been well, before that, the yellow. It's at my feet now, and uh, they are doing what you'd expect, which is a... Uh, uh, oh, actually, you know what, they're currently... Oh, yeah, they're doing a dance of the uh, the tyre change. It's slightly different order than everyone else. It's four, four tyres. Uh, the, uh, the man behind the wall is doing a lot of uh, passing and shoving of tyres. It's a massive, exciting kind of lob of the air jack, which is quite impressive, the airline. Uh, Johnson's staying on board. No obvious problem. Having a bit of a route around, as they often do in the various air ducts for bits of detritus, which is obviously going to be building up very quickly now as we're you know, pushing three hours into the race. And... Absolutely no, uh, no urgency, but uh, no indication of any, any particular problem. Just strange situation where they, when they came in. Thank you, Nick. Uh, and we'll keep an eye on that for a potential penalty. Our Porsche keys to the race. Uh, track position is king. No penalties. <laughs> well, there's been so many penalties already. Uh, the proliferation of full course yellows has rather evened those out and one or two people have been a bit lucky with that don't forget the uh, Michelin endurance challenge points uh, we'll get the first tranche of that uh, coming up in a wee while so we might see some tricky strategy for those teams who are in the shout there and the big thing as you've heard many drivers saying get to the dark that's when our car comes alive let's get to the dark. Andrew Davis is alongside me, John Hindhoff and Jeremy Shaw is with us as well here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Uh, end of the season Andrew, so I've got to ask you this, you're a driver what's on the horizon for 2023? Well, you know, this time of year it's always can be a little tricky because, uh, you know, you, you look into the, the off-season unemployed sometimes so right now uh, I'm not totally certain exactly what's going to happen. You have to be like a, a, an actor and say that they say that they're between jobs. Well, you're, that's, be, you're between that's right. drives. Is that yes, what that's right. I'm between drives right now. There's still some stuff up in the air, and I hope uh, some of the programs I'm on now continue. But uh, you know, nothing, nothing solid. So, so uh, you know, I, I, I'm probably back out there on the market. So uh, I'm hoping that also I'd love to be able to get back in the WeatherTech series and back in the GTT class, which I've raced in so long. So, so it's working a hard. A competitive class, isn't it? And it's that's the so new competitive. Pro version as well that IMSA brought in last year. Really perfectly timed. Took the temperature of what was going on yes. in GT around the world. I, I totally agree. It's such a competitive series. All these classes are, but GTD is just, I mean, it's so, so tight. And some of the best drivers and the best teams and the best manufacturers in the world here. You've got a huge amount of GT experience that goes back a little way. Shall I say that? I'm, I'm going to Thank be you. Yes, thanks. That's very kind. That's very um, kind. How much of these cars changed? Because I look at even... You know, I've driven a GT3 car, never raced one. I have raced a, a previous iteration GT4 car. And every time I see another one, I keep saying, heavens, how much more of a 
race car can they make these? And this new lot, have you seen the new Ferrari? It's, yes, it's so stunning, awesome. It is it? stunning. So anybody who thinks these are street cars with a cage in, they're totally wrong, aren't they? Yeah, totally wrong. It's the evolution of the GT class has been remarkable over the time I've had a career, you know, uh, two plus two decades, so I can say that. You know, you, you were being, you're very, being kind. Very young. I did start young, but, you know, when I first started racing GT cars in IMSA, uh, I, you know, I you had to define the gear. You had to heel toe downshift, which is something that a lot of these drivers don't even know how to do now because they didn't. They haven't had to. Some of these cars don't have a clutch pedal anymore. They are electronically controlled clutches. You know, you have paddle shifts, no more stick shifts, and it's gone through this elevation, uh, this, this evolution through the years. Uh, and it's great to see that. Uh, but you, you can't stop the technology, and that's what's great because that trickles down to our street cars, yes. and that's what we do out here. There's some R and D going on here that helps everyone is in the auto industry and uh, it's really really cool to see and the speeds just keep going faster and faster and the lap times came down I looked at qualifying times and remembering uh, the last year what we qualified at and when I was on the I think I was up near the front row in 2020 here for Petit Le Mans and uh, my time and that uh, and that Audi on that year would have been way down from uh, from yesterday's qualifying. Sad to see the uh, demise of Audi. Um, they, they, they don't seem to be supporting the motorsport here in the the US in GT4. Still got the TCRs. Really like to see the the R8s. Andrew, thank you very much for coming along. You know you're welcome anytime. Uh, have a have a good off season. And thank do you. some resting as the yes. actors do as well. But hopefully we'll see you back at the Raw uh, in in January, and you'll have a race suit on. Don't take this the wrong way, but if you're not able to come and join us in the booth because you're too busy driving, I would think that's a plus for everybody. Okay? Yes, thank you very much. Right, I appreciate friend. it. Thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate it. You guys do a great job, and thanks for uh, supporting our sport. Uh, and uh, brought his biggest supporter along with him, Lane, as well, who's been watching. Uh, it's cool the, to see. Yeah, very nice. Next generation. Next generation. Sure, Adam has joined us uh, in. In the pit lane uh, just time before the green flag share to uh, give us a, a little bit of a catch-up go ahead chip an early vote for the uh, team of the race so far inception racing with their mclaren brendan Areeb met minimum drive time by 47 seconds how impressive was that yeah he was held up more by andrew asking about his travel uh, to be honest uh, an interesting conundrum or um, factoid call it what you will um, the way things have worked out, Jeremy Shaw, have we got the whole GTD field ahead of the whole, well, almost the whole GTD field ahead of the whole GTD Pro field? We have, yes. Uh, and it's kind of an, an, an anomaly. Anomaly of the, was the word I was yeah. looking for. Thank you. I mean, it shouldn't be the case because all the GTD cars should be treated the same. That was that was what we were told at the beginning of the season. Well, what happened, I think, is that when the safety car came out the number one car which is a gtd non-pro car was ahead of the pack and i think the safety car came out in between him and the number 14 car which had not yet gone a lap down and was leading in gtd pro at the time so when they did the class when they did the wave arounds those cars that are on the same lap as the class leader were able to cycle past the safety car mm. that therefore with the safety car in between the gtd and the gtd pro car that means the gtd pro cars did not get the wave around so now all the gtd non-pros have been waved past the gtd pro i i think it's what well, yeah well, so so now all the gtd pro cars are a lap down 
to the GTD non-pro cars. Right, okie dokie. Um, but they are in front of them, I think, actually. Uh, Seb uh, Montoya with Nick, the uh, long caution for the rebuild of the wall coming to an end, uh, the wall at turn one after that hit by Ben Keating in the 52. Nick? Sebastian Montoya, plenty of time in the car, but not much time under green. Is that very frustrating? And not really, I think. It's way too early in the race still to be thinking about the end result. I think right now the most important part is just do the laps and make sure we're at the front, maybe try something with the pressures and see what we can do to further make the car even better for the night. I'm sure you get asked this a lot, but what's it like driving with your father? It's really cool, especially because since day one I've always seen him as my hero. He's on so much in Formula One, IndyCar, NASCAR, so whatever he races, he always wins. So to be next to him and be his teammate and be able to share this experience with him is honestly incredible. Thanks, Sebastian. Perfect timing, Nick Derman, as we went back to Green Flag Racing. The prototypes leading through. Scott Dixon is our leader from Richard Westbrook. So Cadillac 0-1 from Cadillac number five, that's the Mustang sampling car. Myshank Racing is the best of the Acuras, therefore he's winning the championship at the moment. If the chequered flag was to come out now, but it's not going to, that's seven hours away. Then Alex Lynn for Cadillac 02, that's the car with the maroon on it, maroon and black. Uh, with uh, seven hours to go now, that's uh, three hours down. Share Adam, Mission and Endurance Cup points around this time? I think so. Is I think th it was 3-6 in the end. Yeah, 3-6 in the end. I tend to agree with you. Uh, Gradient now up into second position in class with the 66 NSX. Uh, they were last in class. That's good strategy and good pace. Good work in the pits too. Improperly attired... Uh, probably serv serviced um, emergency service stop plus 10 for some more penalties in the pits again it's just giving up time isn't it that's for the uh, number 13 it's the AWA Matt Bell Newcastle Matt Bell and there is there is that wheel rotation while elevated that was the uh, 48 car Jimmy Johnson is serving that now. That is just a drive-through penalty. Corvette back into the yeah, pits well, lane as well, Jeremy. That, it's that a problem. It's a problem for that oh, guy. Oh, wow. Shea is down there. It's left front damage, John. The headlight is actually deranged. The bumper is weird as well. As the car comes into its box, the crew was expecting him because that's what you get with Corvette racing. We've got the fat Porsche slow on the track as well. They are doing fuel and sticker Michelin tires while they've got the opportunity, but this car has damage. With Ben Keating, Ben, first of all, how are you? I'm doing well. I mean, I, obviously I could be better, but uh, physically, health-wise, I'm doing well. Next question I have to ask, what happened? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was in a bunch of uh, GT traffic, and uh, you try to be patient. You try to wait for the right opportunity to pass. You know, I went to, uh, you know, I, I went to make a pass in turn 12. They jumped out uh, to go side by side, so I ended up on the really far inside, uh, which I think got some dirt, trash on my front tires, on both all the tires, but. Then I went to make uh, the pass again in turn one, going down early, and I just didn't have any front grip. Uh, uh, and, you know, 
there's just not much margin for error in turn one. Uh, yeah, I was, I kept on hoping that when the uh, track goes uphill there, you know, the compression would create a little bit of grip, but I just went straight off in turn one with, uh, with just no front grip. That's great, but I take it looking at the, uh, the overhead picture that, that the car's done. Yeah, I don't know. I was just talking to Bobby. You know, it was straight on, uh, which is nice. Uh, and uh, there are three rows of tires there. Uh, and so all those, all those rows of tires move along with the car to try to, you know, catch, basically catch it. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know if you put a new nose on it and keep going. Uh, uh, or if the car's done. We don't know. Uh, I'm going to let the team make that decision. Thanks, Ben. I'm waiting for the Faf Porsche. It does have a tire down as well, and it was just an optical illusion, thank goodness. So Corvette racing fans all around the world breathe easily. The nose was not damaged, just that right rear tire, but that's why they decided to come in and change all four rather than just do the one, because when you're putting new tires on, you do it in a set. Uh, well, yes, normally, unless you're just doing side-by-side. -side. A result of a side-by-side, uh, coming together at turn uh, 10A and 10B, the difference being the Corvette uh, seemed to realize that they had the problem earlier yeah. and came straight into the pit lane, whereas the Faf car didn't realize that they had a left rear tire issue. Uh, it was side by side. I, I'm not sure how you call that one, Jeremy. Room was given to start with, and then it wasn't. And who's who's uh, going to get responsibility for that but well, that it seems all a bit unnecessary sheer the faf car has been in and out it has and the left rear tire was the only tire that faf yeah. changed but the thing that i would be concerned about john when the car came in it was dragging badly on the floor on the left rear and the diffuser makes a big difference on these cars carcass of the tire has uh, made its bid for freedom and is to drivers left just before the pylons on the entrance to pit in uh, hello to uh, Marcel Duke, he says, I understand it depends how long the last full course were should and how big the incident is. Um, long FCY, etc., etc. It's 15 minutes. Uh, uh, Shea, I'm right in seeing, isn't it, between cautions to get the quick, uh, quick yes. caution? Short caution, thank you. And that doesn't depend. What happened in that last one was that started off as a short caution, yeah. but because they were out so long, it was upgraded to a standard caution, and the reason it was so long uh, was the work that had to be done uh, to rebuild uh, the wall. Thank you, Marcel, uh, for that. Hello, Blur Fiend, also asking the same question. Uh, and I didn't notice, uh, I think it was Chris Humphreys. There we are, just back from Little Hill. He's got his pizza ordered. Can you tell me what happened with the 44 Magnus in the 39 uh, Carbon Peregrine. 44 Magnus had a side-by-side -side contact with the EF Corsa Ferrari in the middle of 10 and 10B. It brought the left-hand front steering arm. That, that then cannoned into the hard point. Porsche pushed the hard point car off the track, but continued. The Aston was recovered back to the pit lane. The 39 car actually caused the first uh, yellow flag, um, that was Robert McGuinness in the car. Coming down through 12, flat out in the uh, Peregrine Lamborghini, Carbon Peregrine Lamborghini. Uh, the potentiometer field uh, between the throttle and the throttle pedal and the engine. And in that situation, the car immediately shuts down as a safety 
uh, implication. That was a bit scary for Robert because he was just turning into turn 12 flat out. Uh, he managed to hold on to a huge slide and coursed the car as far up the pit straight as he could. In fact, he got to the top of the hill at turns two and three, but the car, of course, would go no further. That car went behind the wall. They were hoping it would be a quick fix. Short answer is it wasn't. Uh, further electrical issues have taken that car out of the race, and we've not yet seen the uh, 44 car back out as well. Ben Keating, the latest car to go behind the wall that one on a flatbed with substantial damage to that car Chris thanks for your service today at Midlinden Hill one of the Orange Army back uh, at uh, the back in the UK what is it quarter past eight there quarter past nine in the UK we're just under seven hours to go let's have the VP racing fuel in race updates got Dixon leads by about a second and a half from Richard Westbrook that's the 0-1 Cadillac from the 5 Cadillac 0-1 is the white and black Chip Ganassi run car and the 5 is the Mustang Sandwing, the dark grey and gold car. Then it's Elio Castro Nevis in the white and pink Myshank Racing accurate, racing for the championship and at the moment winning the championship if he stays there because he's got Alex Lynn behind him for Cadillac racing the O2 that's the dark magenta, dark red and black car and then Brendan Hartley for Conningham and Alta Acura in the number 1 car, uh, number 10 car nearly went a lap down that car early on and they have fought back. They've used the yellow as well, as have the 31 wheel and engineering Ollie Pla driven car, the red and white number 31. Uh, they were struggling for pace early on. People to Rani had to come in for an early stop, and that pretty much put them a lap down as well. It's Josh Pearson behind the wheel of the leading LMP2 car, seventh overall. It's number 11, Piawan Matheson Morton Motorsport car, and is Fjord back battling him, uh, but eight and a half seconds further back in the red and white high class. And Henry Edmund now behind the wheel of the number 81 Dragon Speed car in LMP3. Andretti Autosport back to the top there. Gabby Chavez behind the wheel of the white, black, and green number 36 from Gar Robinson. That's a 12 and a half second gap. Uh, Gar has got the number 74 Riley Motorsports mirrors full of Junior 3 racing and that number 30 car, as well as Joao Barbosa coming back for Sean Creech Motorsport in GTD and all the GTDs are ahead as Jeremy was explaining earlier on it's Gradient Racing who leads the number 66 NSX Mario Farmbacker by just two tenths of a second from the pull started from dead last on the grid Eric Johansson Paul Miller Racing in second place in the number one mortal car and Russell Ward's just gone through into third Windward Racing number 57 overtaking Mike Skeen the Tim Kortloff car they had a penalty earlier on for a jump restart yeah. uh, in that number 32 car and finally in GTD Pro it's Ben Barnicott for Vassa Sullivan Reese competition in second for the Ferrari so that's bright yellow number 14 then the 62 then John Edwards for BMW Team RLL who came back from a huge penalty 60 seconds penalty earlier on Jonathan Edwards in third, uh, the Michel Grenier for WeatherTech Racing. That car has led, uh, and Ross Good for Heart of Racing. The FAF car uh, dropping off the pace after that incident. That's your VP Racing Fuel in race update.
Some good runs there, Jeremy, and a particularly good run by Gradient Racing. Till Becklesheimer doing his job early on, and Mario Farnbacher doing what Mario Farnbacher does now, being given the opportunity to drive at the front of the field. And he says, thanks very much. I'll have that. Indeed so. And both of those two got past Mike Skeen, who did lead at the restart in car number 32 for Team Kordhoff Motorsport. So he's now fallen down to fourth place with Russell Ward also getting past on that last lap. So uh, that is, of course, one of the cars that is well in contention for the championship in GTD. And it's slipping back at the moment, even with Mike Skeen at the wheel. So uh, that's not what the team would have anticipated. Not at all. Not at all. Still, uh, just lost another place to Tony Bielander, actually. There's a problem for that car, then. Um, Shea Adam, end of the thing. Was his lap time 22.7 last time around? Including being passed but still yeah that's a second off isn't it at least uh, of what the other teams are doing uh, Adams the radio by the way uh, if you want to get in touch Chris Humphrey says thanks for the update Daytona's great but this is my favourite IMSA Enduro a few people can say that hello to Justin Henderson there at 10A 10B Comet Complex under the shade in the afternoon. Hello, Justin and the rest of the team here on site, listening on 98.1, I'm sure, as well. At Imza Radio, if you're here, or further, a beautiful afternoon. Now, uh, mid-70, 75 Celsius. What's that, 20 degrees Celsius? Uh, tw 75 Fahrenheit, rather. 75 Celsius. And a uh, little bit of cloud. You're starting to bubble up, but nothing to worry about. through turn five then for the number 60 and just held up for a moment here's an opportunity for Alex Lynn as they go down into turn six Elio Castro Nevis for Maya Shank Racing third position under threat at the moment got to remind myself not to get too excited every time I see two cars battling for position because we have got so much time left in this race yeah, you'll have plenty of time to get excited later on. We're, we're, well, probably we, we right hope. to the last corner, Jeremy, so. if uh, That's it's plan. true, Pete. <laughs> I, sh uh, I should mention um, the third driver as well in the uh, the number 66 uh, gradient car, which leads because uh, Kevin Simpson did jump in between Till and before Mario Farnback got in uh, to the car. So all three of their drivers have now cycled through that NSX. Mario. This has been a particularly quick pit stop because they certainly made, they vaulted up a lot of positions during that uh, during that round of pit stops. I mean, he came in basically that pretty much at the tail of, of that train of cars, but left um, in the lead. Not sure how they managed that, to be honest. Coming under pressure at the moment from Paul Miller Racing. Coming down the hill now. There they go, across the line. Uh, Shea Adam has been down to. The now, which pit were we talking about? We were talking about Team Courtoff, weren't we? Shea Adam, what's the situation with Mike uh, Mike Skeen and the number 32 AMG? They are in a fuel save right now, that's oh. why Mike is dropping back because the people around him are clearly pushing. Right, okay, well, that's an interesting strategy at this point in the race, but uh, a valid one. Uh, they'll realizing there's still a lot of time to go yeah. and it's not as if they're going to drop a 
um, a lap away. Mike has dropped uh, about six or seven seconds from the restart. So still well in contention there. And of course, any further intervention by one of the two BMW safety cars that we've got here would mean that they'd be back on it. I reckon we've had a loss for the course caution, haven't we? Shh. Shush. I'm just having a little bit of giggle as a, a Penske truck is pulled up on the uh, far side. I think it's come to pick up the Porsche. Uh, that was the 63. Oh, no, they're unloading, not loading. Let's go down to the gradient pit uh, at the moment. Nick Damon is there, and Till Bechtelsheimer is with him. He started the race and started it very nicely indeed, although it was all the way from the back, Nick. Well, Till all the way to the back, to all the way to the front in about three hours. It's a pretty good story so far, isn't it? Yeah, not too bad, right? <laughs> so how? <laughs> well, you know, we were out of sequence because uh, we had a, a problem with our turbo in uh, qualifying. So I think on pace we shouldn't have been, we obviously wouldn't have started from the back. Um, and uh, yeah, I had a pretty good stint there going, I think, from, from last to fifth. Um, and Kevin had a great stint after that. And then uh, a bit of clever strategy from the team. And here we are at the front of the, uh, front of the pack. So uh, pretty good. I understand it's been an ongoing problem with the turbo. Did you, have you finally got the bottom of it and is it fixed? Yeah, actually, just before I got in the car, uh, Andres uh, told me that they finally found the problem uh, that had plagued us at Watkins Glen and here. Uh, so we feel comfortable that that's behind us. When do you get back in the car again? Um, probably next up after Mario gets out. And how, how do you mentally prepare for that? Because this is an interesting race, isn't it? Because you don't know whether you're going to get in with and you have to go hell for leather for the entire stint. It's going to go green, it's going to go yellow. How do you, how do you mentally prepare for that stint? I try not to worry about it until I'm in the car. Thanks, <laughs> still. Good stuff. Good <laughs> Something as simple as uh, a pipe rubbing, actually, was uh, one of the issues with that turbo. And uh, the gradient team, Andres, the boss of that team, scratching their heads. It was doing, the, doing their minds, apparently. And uh, eventually they've worked out what it is and slightly rerouted things. But the carbon fibre was rubbing on it. Let's pick up some of the battles at the very front of the field as Richard Westbrook has hunted down Scott Dixon. They're going over the top of turns two and three now in traffic. Scott Dixon with the dark rear front and the white rear of that Cadillac. Richard Westbrook is the next Cadillac back. That's the Mustang sampling, the black and white and gold car. Coming up to the era, Motorsport Blue machine through turn number five. Then it's BMWs. And this is the battle for the lead as it stands, but are we due pits? We can't be due pit stops already, Jeremy, are we? For the uh, the lead runners? No, uh, no, no, it'll be a while yet. 23, 24 laps for Scott Dixon, 20 laps for Richard Westbrook. And we've been getting what, Jeremy, for the... Yeah, of which... Um, plenty were under yellow. Yeah, well, six were under yellow, I guess, since, since the pit stops. Uh, we're getting around about 32 laps or so on a on a stint for the for the prototype cars. They can, they can do a bit more than that, I think, uh, if they're on fuel save. Cross the line again, Richard Westbrook with the Dragon Speed car right ahead of them in this battle for the lead. Henrik Hedman fourth in his class in the 81 gets between those two for a moment. Westy has to lift off, and that loses him. Oh, probably 10 cars length, but now the leader has got traffic and is sitting in behind the Paul Miller Racing BMW. 
through turn five. Both of them back together again now. Flick to the left. Set yourself up for turn number six. Will they both get through the next bit of traffic? That is your GTD leader that they've just gone by. Smart move there by Mario Farnbacher, but it has cost him a little bit of pace, and the BMW in second is now right with him. Those DPIs, honestly, I, they've just gone past the Aston Martin of Heart of Racing there. I thought that car had a problem, Jeremy. The, the, the DPIs go past the GTD so quickly on that back straight. They are very, very quick machines. Yeah, they are, aren't they? And uh, as you were fond of saying, they are the fastest sports cars on the planet at the moment, and they put on some fantastic competition. Uh, and these two waving their way through the traffic. Really nice job this week by the number five team, Mustang Sampling, JDC Miller Motorsports Cadillac. They've uh, had some struggles this season, but that car has been pretty stout uh, throughout the practice sessions. It started... Uh, uh, qualified in fourth position by Tristan Vautier, but well in the mix there. And uh, that's one of the, it's, it's made some, you know, this car, particularly Westy at the wheel, in the, during this stint, has made up uh, several positions. He passed the, the 0 2 car, then passed the 31 during this, uh, this sort of first part of his double stint that he's running right now. So that number five car is working very, very well, at least in this, in, at this, uh, this time of the day, hopefully for that team. Uh, it'll be working just as well when we get into the much cooler nighttime hours. Yeah, I mean, that's a, is that good? <laughs> is it good yeah, or well, bad? Quite. Do you want it to be working better than everybody else right now? That's a, it's a bit of a conundrum, that one, isn't it? Yeah. You've got a situation where when you want the speed is at the end of the race, that will be in the darkness. They've got a bit of a gap now uh, between themselves uh, and the number 48 Jimmy Johnson car, which has dropped uh, a couple of laps away from the lead now in DPI penalties for that car not helping their issues rotation while it was wheel rotation while it was on the internal jacks of that car at the last pit stop and that's cost them a wee bit of time plus they had to do um, so they had to do the drive through on that one so now let's see the relative performance of these two leading cars, Scott Dixon. Scott Dixon, hats off to the Kiwi. We know all about him, Jeremy, in IndyCar and the great relationship that he's got with Chip Ganassi and has had for 127 years. Um, he's out in front there and he's holding off and more than holding his own against Richard Westbrook, one of the quickest sports car drivers ever a former teammate of Dixon's of course they shared the Ford number 67 at Le Mans and Daytona and Sebring etc and here immeasurably more sports car experience for Westy and Scott Dixon's just dropped in as if, if this was his day job remarkable yeah. isn't it yeah he is I mean he, he's quite specialised this yeah and, and he's pretty special you know, whatever he drives, he's capable of getting in it right away. Even though he hasn't driven the car for, you know, for what is it, six months, isn't it, since Sebring? And he just hops in, does a few laps in, uh, in, in practice. He might have been part of the test uh, they had here a while ago. Not honestly sure, 
Woo, there's a tight moment there. That's another number tight 30, moment. Yeah, number, another tight moment. That's number 36 car. It's leads, leaders, yeah. the LMP3 car, trying to keep the number 74 of Felipe Fraga a lap down. Because that number 74 car has made a pit stop a little while ago. Fraga has come out probably oh, on fresh tyres. And uh, he's uh, driven there toward the grass by, uh, by Gabby Chavez. That was very tight indeed. And a bit mm. of Georgia clear being thrown up by the right-hand side. I think 74 uh, is probably on fresh tyres. Yeah, the Michelin's throwing up. It's been exceptionally dry here over the last month or so. Talking to uh, a couple of the volunteers on the early morning runs in, parking the car, etc. Uh, well over a month without any significant rain here. That's uh, bad news in some respect. Great news for racing drivers because it means if they're on the track, track, they've still got a wee bit of traction. Now, side by side down towards turn 10 and Fraga has got the job done well before the braking area down the inside from <laughs> absolutely nowhere an extraordinary run from one of the DPIs I think that was I think it was a was was it was it the number 20 car was it I'm not sure I, I that was a P2 car I think that, so that was the high class racing car I'll check it out if I can yes you're right absolutely right Jeremy <laughs> that was the Anders Fjordbach in second. He's seven seconds away from Josh Pearson. And he's trying to make that up. He came from... I thought that was a surefire incident there. He came from so far back, but braked so much later than the P3 cars. That was extraordinary. Appears on the left-hand side from nowhere. Makes it three wide. It, as the other two actually have a little bit of a kerfuffle. And the team caught off car that was tracking them all and being our camera car. See, that was rather more stout contact than, he, than I thought it was to start off with, with the uh, number 74 Riley car, who is now then back on the lead lap, just in LMP3. Let's go down into the pit lane. Richard Westbrook is in the pits, and that is early, Sheer Adam. It is, but it means we're going to get an opportunity to talk to Richard Westbrook because he's also vacated the number five Mustang sampling Cadillac. Four new tires going onto this car, and Loic Duval and Style Bond will while they give the windshield tear off. Whereas a couple pit boxes further up, the number 31 is in. Olivier Pla jumps out. Mike Conway getting aboard the Cadillac for his last outing in a DPI car. That was a 32 second stop. The fuel nozzle came out just before, so they didn't need to pit for fuel as full course. Caution is now out, John, and that means that the Whalen Engineering Ooh. Cadillac and the Mustang Sampler one are going to jump to the front of the field. And full course caution, uh, Cher, is for the number 74, Felipe Fraga, driven no, machine. No, 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 oh, no. Oh, no, no, excuse me, it's the core car. I saw the flash yeah. of orange there. Championship That's leader the championship in LMP3. Wow. And that car's not coming out Who's on its own. That? George Kurtz is driving that it's car at the moment. Turn six again. Turn six. What's happened Ouch. there? Oh, George just dropped the rear Michelins into the gravel there at turn six. And that is going to cause a huge, huge dash for the pit lane. Uh, let me quickly... I'm sorry, can you just remind me what, why that uh, Westy car came in, please? Uh, it was fuel and tires, but it didn't need to come in that early. I, I don't know if they saw an opportunity, but they got up on the wall, and so did the Whelan Engineering car. Both of the DPIs put it at the same time. Okay, thank uh, you, I, th I think they're planning forward toward the, uh, the, where the, the first tranche which of points. Which is four hours. For the yeah, which yeah. Is, I think so, yeah, four hours, isn't it? Um, 
their third in the, that uh, championship. Meantime, right. Nick Dearman has been uh, waiting patiently with Simon Martin, uh, with, yes, with Simon Martin down at RTF Corsa. Oh, <laughs> just fell off the ladder. That's oh, all right. I, I'm, I'm not as good as Andrew climbing ladders, obviously. Um, Simon, uh, quite a, a lively first session for you, including punted off by one of the DPIs. Yeah, obviously it wasn't ideal. The traffic is really difficult to manage. Uh, very narrow and short racetrack, so that doesn't make it easy. Uh, yeah, it was in my blind spot, and I wasn't expecting him to be there, so I just turned in. So I have to do my corner, and uh, unfortunately we had some contact, but we tried to recover and tried to have a clean race from here on till the end. I think you hit your wheels, you got no damage, is that right? Yeah, we were really lucky and we uh, survived uh, the contact, but yeah, it was lucky. So now a team recovery drive, I mean, what are the tactics moving forward? Uh, I mean, we're trying to have a clean race, obviously trying to avoid contact uh, and just trying to do our pace and uh, we'll see where we are at the end. Was it also um, your car that got involved with the Magnus 44 later on, Not your, the, the 21, not necessarily you? Uh, I don't believe so, but I... I a different one. Yeah, I think so. Well, we'll say it wasn't theirs, John. <laughs> Thanks, Simon. Yeah, no problem. Well, the drive back, as Nick says, goes uh, on. So another bit of drama, Jeremy, uh, in the LMP3 category, co-auto sport. George Kurtz in the gravel, needing recovery, and brings out the full course caution uh, again, for the, how many times is this now, Jeremy? This is number five, I reckon. Okay. Um, and I don't think the number 74 car got it, quite got its lap back. So, uh, Felipe Fraga, I think, is still quite just a lap down to Gabby Chavez, although that was awfully tight. Did he get his lap uh, back? No, there? he overtook him. He did get Yeah, down at turn okay. 10 in that little uh, schmozzle. Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. He's okay, going fine. down there. Hmm. Debris on the track at turn six as well, while George has gone off. Get a torque hitch on him. I think that will be a relatively easy uh, recovery for our hard-working track services team. Another half an hour gone. VP Racing Fuel Update. Shall we do that? We will. But after we've heard from Richard Westbrook, who's with Shea Adam. Richard, what a stint. I mean, good grief. There was nothing that was going to stop you from getting to the front of the field. But what was it like battling with your former teammate, Scott Dixon, out there for the lead? Yeah, well, there was one thing stopping me, and that was Scott. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I had, honestly, I had a smile on my face when I knew it was Scott. And, uh, yeah, he knows I'm not going to do anything stupid, but put him under a little bit of pressure. And uh, we took a gamble in the stop before. We've got gained some track position. and. We're putting ourselves in a situation where we're creating luck for ourselves now, whereas all year we've been in a situation where you're never going to pick up the luck. So doing the early stop then, caught the yellow. It's about time we, that's our first this year. Yeah. This is a team that's very good at winning the endurance races, uh, winning yeah. the Sebring 12-hour last year. Is it just something that seems to be magic coming together? Do you feel like there's a different vibe within the team this weekend? Well, it's an easy answer. We, we started off the year with an amazing car. And we managed to detune it. <laughs> we did a good job of slowing it down. And now, towards the end of the year, we've found our mojo back. And um, the car feels amazing. It feels like it did at Daytona and Sebring. And they, those three tracks happen to be the long-distance ones. I mean, Watkins Glen, we sucked. And uh, that was part of the NAC. Um, so yeah, we're, 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 back, we're back fighting for the win. That's all, that's all we want.
There's a difference, though. Daytona and Sebring have running at night. So does here. Yeah. We know your car is good in the day. What's going to be like when the sun goes down? Um, it's been good in every condition. Honestly, that I feel what, what I've seen with the prototypes, it's, it's more of a GT thing where you can set the car up for the night. And what I'm finding in the prototype, if you've got a good car in the day, it's going to be good in every condition, including the wet. Um, so, yeah, I think we're good. Good luck rest of the way. Thank you. Cheers, Shane. It's good to hear that, isn't yeah, it? Because it is. uh, they've, had, they've had some ups and downs, as Richard was saying there. But uh, now we're going to have scheduled pit stops for everybody uh, except the number five and number 31 that made those stops just a few laps ago, as Rusty was saying. Let's uh, head down to Nick Dearman. Yeah, just seen the uh, right, right at the far end. It's quite fun actually watching the cars moving the other way. I've just seen the uh, the 20. Uh, uh, P2 machine, high-class car. That's uh, again first in, just tyres and fuel. But next to me, the JR3 uh, P3, Junior 3. Yeah, Junior 3. I don't say JR. Uh, perhaps I'm thinking of Dallas from the 80s. Um, so anyway, so that's uh, that's coming for a, again a, a tyre and uh, fuel. So there's not many driver changes. Again, it's interesting. It seems that the, uh, they're not changing drivers based on uh, flags. They're just changing drivers based on time. So they obviously have a, a much more fixed concept of when your driver gets out than when you actually do the fuel of the tyres, which is very reactive to track conditions. We did have more pit stops down at this end, but there is one pit stop that is still ongoing. That's the number 48 Ally Racing Cadillac. That has now been a driver change. Mike Rockenfeller installed behind the wheel for the first time. And we did have the 02 Cadillac in as well. I saw fuel and old tires being lifted over the wall. And the Riley Motorsports Philippe Fraga driven car which did get its lap back, has been in for what, thing? It's had a nose change, oh. yeah. They, uh, I, I can't, I, they've sculpted off the old one before I get in front of it, so I can't see if this is a set-up nose change, or, oh, I've, I've pranged it, it's on my dive planes are missing, but uh, they are taking a little while to put back on the inspection, but, but they haven't got two inspection panels, so they've, they've taken the inspection panel off, off the other nose and put on the new one. That was obviously, that inspection panel also contains the actual number of the car on the front. And now, of course, we, we wait with basic breath all the GT cars coming in. At uh, Philippe Fraga driven Riley Motorsports number 74, the orange and blue car was uh, having a bit of argy-bargy with Gabby Chavez and the Andretti Motorsport car get, trying to get its lap back. Did get its lap back, actually. Joao Barbosa for Sean Creech. In second, third is that Journey 3 racing number 15. We'll reset this for you once uh, everybody comes round for the prototypes. Uh, Risi Ferrari staying out for the uh, for the GT cars, so they are led in uh, by the number 66, which is up by Sheer Adam. Oh, sorry, that's Nick Dearman's head, the grid. Uh, it is, yes. Uh, I, I was actually looking at the Formula Racing number one car coming in. That's fuel only ahead of them. The Turner Motorsport car, that is doing a driver change with the BMW. I can see the helmet uh, flipping about. Uh, to the left, the, there's a Lamborghini, the 42 car. That's just doing service. And I can see that the, uh, the gradient car is leaving now. Uh, on the 66, very quick stop. Don't think they did the driver. Quite difficult with my, my vantage, but it's quite useful. Someone's gone home, and then suddenly a gap. I can I can jump over quite safely onto the onto the pit lane. Normally, it's been completely possible. It's incredibly packed pit lane with the 43 cars. It's till it's time up at the number 12, Vassar Sullivan Racing Lexus. There was a driver change for the GTD car as well as fuel and four new tires. 
For the Corvette, this one is important to pay attention to because they thought that they had a right rear tow link that was going bad. They were talking about potentially changing it. under caution, and they feel like they would lose too many spaces. They have not done that service, but they are still the last GTD Pro car off the lane. Everybody in GTD Pro who came into the pits, John, and you'll see which one stayed out. All the ones who came in, fuel and four new Michelin tires. Tony Vlander for AF Corsa and Jordan Pepper for Inception Racing stayed out, and I reckon. Paul Miller Racing uh, and Eric Johnson, Johansson got out uh, ahead. So from having great pit work and getting them to the lead for Gradient Racing, they did do a driver change. That cost them a little bit of time because they put four tyres on uh, that Gradient Racing NSX. So till Bechtelsheim, it doesn't take the car over in the lead. He's right at the back of uh, down in 11th position. And that's not where he left it. And I think he'll be a bit <laughs> upset about that. A couple of close calls in the pit lane. The Faf number nine car back out after that contact and issue further on. Screaming just about making it through the RFID. I think that was all right, Jeremy, don't you? Ahead of the court off AMG. I hope so. Difficult to say from that angle. But I think, I think you're right, John. Yeah, I'll go, go with that one. A um, couple of notes here. The number 20 car got out in the lead in LMP2. So Anders Fjord back in kind of a 20, the high-class racing car that had at least one penalty early on in this race. That's fought back to lead now from Josh Pearson, who's driving the number 11 PR1 Matheson Motorsports car. The car that wasn't involved in the accident. Third place in the class and still on the lead lap now is uh, Dwight Merriman in car number 18. And also Henrik Hedman back aboard number 81 car. Well, says about the 81 car. He's done most of the race so far, though uh, Sebastian Montoya has, has had a stint. I don't think JPM has it, has it yet, has he? Uh, and John Ferrano uh, is uh, making another splash and go now. Number 33 car leads LMP3 because it didn't come in during the regular rotation, but is coming in now. So Sean Creech Motorsports is going to give up the lead in LMP3. sort of in the middle of a in-race update there. Six and a half hours to go, 6.24 actually. So we did the DPI class in LMP2. Jeremy's just mentioned what's going on there. LMP3, Shabab Barbosa has just left for Sean Creech Motorsport. Gabby, Gabby Chavez, <coughs> excuse me. Gabby Chavez for Andretti in second in the number 36 and and the Junior 3 racing car. Tony Vlander, I reckon now, for AF Corsa, the number 21 Ferrari, yeah. leads GT Because he did not Jordan. stop. Correct, and sequence. neither did Jordan Pepper Correct. in the number 70 Inception right. McLaren. The first of the pit stoppers out was Paul Miller Racing and Eric Johansson. That I did get right. Yeah. Ahead of Turner's 96, that's the Luke Molly car. Uh, and I rather did gradient down there, apologies. Uh, again, recalcitrant timing. Uh, fifth position for Till. Bechtelsheim. Talking about that number uh, 96 car of Turner Motorsports, that's where Nick Dearman is and he's with Bill Power, Bill Orbelin. Well Bill, it's, um, it's a typical sort of uh, petit isn't it? You get a bit of green, a lot of yellow, more green and it's uh, in between it's all action. Isn't that crazy? Um, we're on a little bit of a strategy right now. Michael, who is our silver driver, uh, or bronze or silver, I don't know what he is, but he is, we're getting his drive time in now. 
So as we head into the later part of the races, and Robbie and I will take over. Uh, so we didn't take advantage of that last. One of the yellows a few back, so we had to put more fuel in. It dropped us back. Now, these guys are doing such amazing pit stops. They keep bringing us back to the front. Um, we set this car up to go good at night. So during the day, it's a little, it's a little skittery. But when we get to the night, hopefully the thing tightens up and we got a rocket ship. It's, it's an interesting point, though, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it really is a game of chess, this race. It's not really that important. As long as you're on the lead lap with a couple of hours to go, that's what's really the matter, isn't it? Yeah. We have, our strategist, his name is Don Salama. He's really amazing at this stuff. Once we get to about this point in the race, we start counting from the end backwards. Then they know what driver is going to go in when and what we got to do to set yourself up to be exactly in the perfect position to go to the end. So how is the car driving now um, that makes it difficult compared to how it's going to be nice in, in, the, uh, in, the, in the nights? I mean, what is, what is it feeling like now? So if you imagine uh, with colder air, the air becomes more dense. And with that, you get more aerodynamics. The wing becomes more efficient, the front splitter, the under trays, the diffusers. They'll pull the car harder to the track. Right now, uh, we got a car that's a little bit loose because it's not being pulled to the track quite as hard as when we get to the nighttime. So you enter turn one and you're like, you got the counter steer in it, you're in fifth gear and you're like, wow, this thing is right on the edge. You go through the S's, you come out of five, you feel the rear is wanting to take off. We gotta get to when that sun sort of starts heading down and this thing will tighten up. Also, uh, the engineer, one of our engineers asking, should we make a change? I said, let's just hang in there a little bit longer. We're at the peak of the day of the heat. And once, once um, five o'clock rolls around, we'll reevaluate, see if we have to do some bar changes, tire pressure changes, and see if we can make a, a perfect car. Normally when you run less downfalls, which is effectively what you're doing, you actually add more tire wear. So is that, is that a worry? That's exactly what, so essentially when you've got less downforce, you're just scrubbing the tires, you're causing a bunch of heat, you're wearing them out excessively. So that's exactly what's going on essentially. So eh, just get yourself through here. Don't, no scratching this car, keep this car in perfect shape. We won this thing a few years ago. We were in position to win it last year and got caught up in that huge wreck. Uh, clean to the end with about three hours to go we put our head down we would just start firing that m4 right into the sink sounds really easy that way bill thank you very much and uh, oh good news safety car lights are out they are nick well done so just quickly then before we go back to green number five and number 31 cycle back to the front because they had made their pit stops right before the caution didn't come in again they lead the pack uh, of the remaining cars uh, the big gainer there was number 10 car which uh, leap, leapfrogged uh, a, a couple to come out crucially ahead of number 60 car for the first time ah. in this race. So 10 ahead of 60, they are third and fourth of two Acuras, and then the two Cadillac racing entries, 01 and 02. And if that was the end of the race, that would be the championship for the number 10 Conington Minolta Acura, whichever one of the 10 and 60 finishes ahead at the end of the 10 hours. Provided they're in the top five, take the championship after that we'll have to go into a, a bit more detail for you Loic Duval GDC Miller Motorsport Peugeot driver still wants to come and race here next year although he's going to be uh, busy in the world endurance championship high class racing leaving with equipment attached that's oh. a drive through for the car that has worked its way to the lead of LMP2, Anders Fjordback will have to come back down pit lane. Another penalty, no penalties. That's one of our Porsche keys to the race, guys. Really? Real end of term feel here in some respects. A lot of pit lane penalties. It's not as if this is the first race of the season. Everyone seems to have forgotten how to do clean pit stops. My goodness me. So Lake Duval by 1.232 seconds, as I say, he'll be racing for Peugeot in that radical looking 
9x8. And think back to, what, 11 years ago, like Duval in the Peugeot here, in the big 908. Well, it's 9x8 now with that hybrid car. That just happens to make 72, which is the Sartre department of France's court. Sartre department, of course, is where you find a racing circuit next to the town of Le Mans. I cannot believe that that is a coincidence at all. But like saying to us earlier on this week, uh, yeah, look, I'm busy for Peugeot, but if I could get in an LMP2 car at uh, Daytona, be very happy with that. Maybe Sebring as well, I'll be there anyway. A few clashes this year between WEC and IMSA, which I find slightly disappointing. I understand the difficulty for the ACO with their world championship, trying to fit around everything. But they've managed to schedule an ELMS well, race. There's so many F1 races now, you well, can't, I know, you can't work yourself around those. Well, there'll you? be 23 uh, F1 races next year, because we all know China won't happen, but scheduling an ELMS finale, which they brought forward in the year, um, to the same weekend as Petit Le Mans next year, plus two WEC races, uh, one that will clash. The early season is very packed for ACO racing. I think there's four weekends with either WEC or ELMS on it. Uh, Long Beach is a clash with the WEC, and then after Le Mans, Canadian Time Motorsport Park clashes with uh, Monza, I believe. Uh, I find that a bit disappointing, if I'm honest. Um, I understand how difficult it is, but particularly the ELMS clash here uh, in October next year, I think is frankly unnecessary, if I'm honest. <laughs> particularly as they've moved it forward from where it normally is. Uh, so we're back to a, a more traditional time, actually, next year. So it's a week later, Patila Mom. Get it in your diary, all the details. All your deets uh, for the season, imsa.com. High class racing then, still uh, with that penalty hanging over it uh, and hasn't come in. Now, Nick Damon, Shea Adam, has just asked me, why is there a guy hanging over the pit wall? Uh, is that something to do with why Anders Fjordback hasn't come into the pit lane? That's exactly what it is. Lack of radio communication. So in America, we take the pit board out to the wall and wave it around until the driver notices and then realizes, oh, I need to come in the pit lane now. Uh, so yeah, perhaps Sanders' radio is not fully plugged in as it should be. Well, he's only got three laps uh, and this he has to come in at the end. This is the third lap that he's on at the moment, so that 20 car will come in or it will have additional penalties to uh, have to serve. And although it's a reasonable excuse, maybe I could, should say it's a reasonable reason, it's not an excuse not to come in. And that will be extended. And this is the car that's leading by about a second at the moment, fjord back from the young Josh Pearson, the young British driver. PR1 Matheson Motorsport, he's already been a WEC class winner with United Autosports back at Sebring in, in uh, March. Ah, good news. Here comes Fjord back with the black nose now on that red and white car. Actually, it looks quite, quite uh, tasty with that unwrapped nose.
here he comes down the pit lane. At Nimson Radio, if you want to get in touch with us. A lot of people saying thank you for the interview with Bill Oberlin. So interesting about the downforce levels at night. Wicker Bill saying the same thing. At IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us. Six hours and 15 minutes still to run. Uh, also coming in, uh, Dwight Murrayman. It's the blue number 18 car. Nick Dearman is uh, watching that car. Does that look standard? Uh, it's a full service, uh, including driver change. Um, so, oh, Dwight's got out and he's got out. Like I look after, I've gone for one of my regular runs on a Saturday morning. He's kind of walking out, holding all his parts of his muscle. Going, honestly, I didn't feel that way when I got in. I completely empathise with him. Now, interestingly, they've taken the rear deck off as well. So perhaps this is a driver change because they need to do something to the uh, the car as well. Um, so they are with the rear deck off. Uh, we have significant penalties coming in here, and it's gone back on again. So they lifted up and put that down again the rear deck. But yeah, so they shouldn't have come in. So that's a that, the car hasn't been out that long, uh, yeah. Nick, so that's a, a question. I've got news of a significant penalty here. Um, and this is one, again, of those that we kind of need to follow up because what we see on the timing screen um, doesn't really fully explain. We can make a guess on it. But as you know, all of the cars have got to drive out through the Michelin signs at the end of the pit lane. They are RFID, radio frequency ID, chip readers at the end of pit lane and back in the old days when jeremy and i were lads you would uh, have a bit of yellow chalk on the side of the tires with the car number and what set it was and the officials would check that before the car went out maybe put a check mark on it with a different colored marker or something like that well scott dixon is having to do a drive-through now because of tire requirements so something's gone wrong with the set of tyres that they put on the 0-1 car. We'll find out a little bit more from that once we've heard from Dwight Merriman with uh, Nick Damon. Dwight, I completely empathise with you. You got out, that, got out of the car because you're like me when I've been for a run on a Saturday morning. Everything's not quite working as it should do. Why, why, the, early, why the kind of out-of-sequence stop? Why the what? Why, would, why did you stop sort of out-of-sequence? Oh, well, I've got the men drive time in and the cooling system wasn't working. Uh, so it, it was hotter than normal uh, for my first two stents earlier. So uh, we did it. Uh, yeah, I think it'll work out okay. I think our, we're a little off strategy with everyone else on fuel. So I think the guy just decided it, it would work okay. Great stuff. And, Thank you, boy. Uh, and yeah, we're at the drive time and we started from uh, pit lane. So uh, I had to, at the very beginning of the race, Pace all, pass all the GT and P3 cars like one extra time compared to everybody else. So it's been a very mentally busy day for me. Uh, so that's it. Thanks, Dwight. Thanks very much indeed. Cheers. Uh, nice to hear from uh, Dwight Merriman. Now, what I need to know because I am of this type of mind uh, what was the problem um, in terms of the tyre requirements that Scott Dixon's Cadillac Racing 01 did not fulfil? Did they put tyres on from another car? Did they put the wrong set on? What has happened? So that was just a drive-through, but they didn't have to take the uh, didn't have to take the tyres off, Shea Adam. So what was all that about? Uh, there are minimum pressures that are mandated by ah. the manufacturer, 
Uh, everybody gets one warning, but the fact is that it takes a little while to get the tires up to a pressure because you need to set them so that they're not going to be over pressure by the time the drivers get in the stint. And each driver has a different manner of doing it within the Chip Ganassi Racing Organization. They used up their warning earlier on when a different driver was in the car. Scott went out. That was his first time, except he doesn't get a warning because it's one warning per car. Uh, got driver. Yeah, okay. So that would be probably under pressure is what we're talking about there. Minimum pressures, as uh, we were mentioning. Six hours and ten minutes to go. Just again, in LMP3, if Gabby Chavez looks in his mirrors in that uh, class leading Andretti Autosport car number 36, he's going to see a car that looks uh, ominously familiar, that being <laughs> number 74, uh, Riley Motorsports car of Felipe Fraga. Remember, might remember, it wasn't too long ago, they had an incident down the chicane where Fraga was trying to get his lap back. Did so. And now, after that full course caution, he's closed pretty much up onto the tail of Gabby Chavez. So that's going to be a battle that's I, I quite likely de developing for the lead in LMP3 within two or three laps, I would think. Yeah, very interesting. Sorry, made me giggle there. Car <laughs> oh, that looks Dropped familiar. On. Yes. And uh, six hours and nine minutes, as I was saying, to go. Like Duval, plugging away quite nicely. An 11-2 last time around with a bit of clear track. Next best, Mike Conway, who's in second, about a second and a half behind as they go across the line. So the dark red and black number five heading up the hill as in comes the number 81. That's the Dragon Speed car. That's Henrik Hedman, who was well up in LMP2. And he's getting out of that car. I think is it Nick's end? He's probably done as well, actually. In that yeah, pretty, drive, pretty drive good. Time-wise. Yeah, absolutely. At Nimsa Radio. GPM getting aboard. Dwight Merriman at 2 hours 31 minutes and 18 seconds. So they were spot on with that one. As she uh, wants to ask Jeremy a question about uh, Michelin Endurance uh, challenge points. Jeremy, I've realized that the battle for DPI is very close. I can't remember exactly what the point spread was, and I didn't write that down in my notebook, unfortunately. Um, but in the LMP2 class, the reason that Ben Keating, Mikkel Jensen, and Scott Huffaker were in this race was to win the Michelin Endurance Cup. I don't think they have enough of a lead, do they, to be able to clinch it with six points earned on the day if somebody else earns max points, correct? In second place in the points prior to this weekend was the number 29 team, Racing Team Netherlands. They were only four points behind PR1. Of course, that car is not here this weekend. Dragon Speed USA in Calibre 81 and number 20 of High Class Racing were 10 points behind PR1. Uh, if, you, if you get maximum points here, that's five at each point uh, junction of the race. That's 15. Uh, the minimum you can get is six. So that's, that's nine, isn't it? So you, I, I think you're right. I, I, I think uh, that number 52 car is going to win it come what may. They've got a big enough gap that uh, they can't uh, lose it. Because even if they are, they're not running, they will still get those uh, minimum points, which is two. The, the, the scoring system for uh, each juncture of the race is five for the win, four for second, three for third. Everybody else, you know, however many people there are in the class, gets two, Shay. So, uh, yeah, great point. Well done. Uh, and in, in uh, overall, by the way, in the DPI class, 
the number uh, 60 car came in here with a one-point lead over the number 10, which in turn was one point, one point ahead of number 5, which in turn was two points ahead of the number 31. So uh, very, very tight there in DPI in the team's championship. Jeremy Shaw and John Hindhoff in the booth. The Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre in full effect. We've had to pull the blind down a little bit because the sun is beginning to shine in here and make it difficult for us to read our notes and see the screens. Beautiful day. Sunshine all day. Uh, not a hint of even a shower. Wind now uh, still actually blowing behind the cars into Turn 1, so making things uh, a little bit difficult into Turn 1. We've got five minutes, call it six minutes, to the end of another race hour. Time to welcome back uh, Andrew Marriott, who's down at the Corvette end of pit lane. Uh, yes, I am, and actually Nicky Katzberg just uh, walked out so I can grab a word with him. Nicky, I gather the car's maybe not running quite true or the steering's out a bit after that earlier incident. Yeah, it seems like we do have a bit of a, I would say, a small damage sustained from that touch earlier on, but so far Jordan seems to be handling it just fine, so let's see. I, I don't think we have to come in for any repairs. Uh, Jack, Gary Pratt just confirmed that to me. So, enjoying being back in America and racing? Oh yeah, definitely. I love it here. So, uh, it was a long time since Sebring. There we won, so hopefully we can do it here again, but it's always great to be back here. Yeah, Nicky, maybe you're the lucky mascot. Maybe I am, I'm not so sure about that, but I'll, I'll give it my best. Thanks. For Thank so you, in, in uh, well, first of all, in GTD Pro, uh, David Regon uh, still leads away, as he has done since the restart in car number 62, that's Ruiz Ferrari, just a second or so ahead of Ross Gunn. Uh, ben Barnick at about three and a half seconds further back with Conor Di Filippi in number 25 BMW right on his tail. So the Lexus number 14 be chased by number 25 BMW. And then Maxi Goats in the WeatherTech number 79 Mercedes is running next in fifth ahead of Jordan Taylor in that uh, in that Corvette. And there's a big, uh, well, I was a grassy moment, but clay moment for number 70 car, which is still second position in GTD and chasing Tony Vilander. Vilander leads in the uh, the red, white, and green number 21 AF Corsa Ferrari, but the Jordan Pepper McLaren right there with him in second position. A little bit, little bit of a gap back to Eric Johansson in third. Who's that being oh, pushed off the road? That's a high class, high class car again. Well, they have an eventful day. They're still second in class, by the way, with all of that. I know they've gone through a bit of bodywork though. <laughs> yeah, really. And. Um, I guess there's something else I was going to say. Oh, yeah. In, in, in LMP3, uh, target acquired there for Felipe Fraga. He's now right with Gabby Chavez. Not sure where they are on the racetrack. Probably towards the end of the lap, I think, by now. It was a while ago, a while ago I looked out of the, uh, of the window. Uh, but that, uh, that is the battle for the lead in LMP3 with the number 36 car being chased by the number 74. Hello to uh, Lawrence Vanto. Nice to hear that you're tuned into us, presumably uh, watching as well on uh, www.imsandradio.com. Uh, for those of you outside of the States, uh, no ad breaks, straight through for another six hours and three minutes, and beyond that, 
as well. Go to imsaradio.com to the top left of the page and streaming video uh, is there where it says watch, watch live, listen live on the other side. Uh, and Lawrence, we're missing you. It would be great to have you back. And uh, thank you for uh, supporting our broadcast uh, as well as you have done. Uh, into the pit lane for Mike Rockenfeller for Ally Cadillac. It doesn't seem like a million years since that car went out again. Uh, I think only 17 or 18 laps there, so that's going to have to be investigated by Andrew Marriott as Rocky brings the car to a halt. Hasn't been a clean run for that car. Say that of a few, uh, including uh, retirement confirmed for Car Barn with Peregrine earlier on. That was a potentiometer on the uh, fly-by-wire, the drive-by-wire throttle area of the car, which turned into something a little bit bigger. The car has been able to be fixed. The other car that had a problem early on was the Magnus Racing number 44. Broken left steering arm after contact with one of the Ferraris at turn 10A and 10B, and then it pushed off the Rob Ferriol-driven 99 hardpoint car. Sheer Adam has been digging around there. Um, that car's been missing for a long time, Sheer. Yeah, and it's not a telltale sign that a team is done until they start packing up their pit box. Unfortunately, that's what's going on with Magnus Racing. So clearly that steering issue that was caused by the contact was too great to overcome. Let's go down to Andrew and uh, pick up another quick interview. Well, actually, let's stay with this for a moment because we've got a battle for first and second in the uh, prototype three category. Gabby Chavez versus Felipe Fraga in traffic and heading down the back straight to turn 10A and 10B. We've seen positions changing here before. Uh, the Riley car, that's where it got the lap back, Jeremy, wasn't it? It yeah. seems only moments ago that and that was a raced back lap. That wasn't a handed back lap. They did actually race back through the field. As through comes the number 60 Myshak racing car as well. All right, that's settled down for a moment. And uh, we're coming down to six hours remaining. That's four hours gone. Michelin Endurance Cup points to be awarded. The first tranche of them at the end of the lap that the leader completes after four hours. So that's going to be the end of the lap that the leader is on right now. You're listening to Sirius XM 207, FM 98.1 here at Road Atlanta and around the world on RS2, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. Also, of course, in sound and vision uh, on the international stream as well for TV and audio at radio, imsaradio.com. This is the 2022 Motul Patilamon. 